Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we have a very special show today. Recently, the comic book industry has been through things. I mean, we've all been through things we never thought we would go through, and comics are no different. We saw the complete shutdown of the industry. We have seen DC break the monopoly that is Diamond Distribution. Um, so many crazy things have happened. So to talk a little more about it and see what it's like on the other side of the counter, I sat down with Robert from Star Comics, my local comic shop. They're awesome. They're amazing. Make sure you find them out there. Star Comics, Star Comics Lubbock. Wonderful, wonderful shop. And even with everything that's going on, they're going to do everything in their power to get you whatever books you want or need. Uh, Yeah, and they'll ship all over and everything. So make sure you check them out. But first... Here's my interview with Robert about the state of comics. Okay, we're here with Robert from Star Comics. Robert, how are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. I uh, always fun to have you on. You know, I, I see you all the time, and always trying to find a reason to get you on. And uh, unfortunately, we have some good reasons to have you on the show. There's a lot going on, both behind the scenes, and behind the counters, and stuff in comics right now. I'm I'm curious to see what you think about it all. Yeah, for sure. So, let's let's go back to a simpler time okay. in comics um, four months ago. But <laughs> <laughs> kind of just for the sake of setting up where we're going, mm-hmm. you as a comic shop owner, what was your weekly or monthly process for getting new products, new books in your store? So, our standard model is um, we would order books monthly. Uh, We check up on those orders weekly, and then we also receive product weekly, process them, get them out, uh, set them aside for customers, Uh, usually have them on a single shelf for a single week. Um, All the different publishers kind of participate at least as best they can on a, you know, a book per month uh, model, Uh, and it was just, it really was just kind of a, a standard procedure that we've been operating under for yeah, a long time. And all those books, Marvel, DC, Boom, TKO, uh, all all the publishers, big and small, they all went through Diamond at the time. Well, TKO does not go through Diamond. Okay. Uh, they go through themselves. They when, they when they cut onto the scene, they had their own model. And that model included, you know, all story arcs were completed before solicitation. And to do that, they wanted to sell direct to consumer and direct to uh, retailer. Um, but aside from that, uh, yes, they all went through a single distributor, uh, Diamond Comics Distribution, uh, that has been around for 40 years at least, but has been a monopoly in the game of U.S. comic distribution for about 25 years. Yeah, yeah. Diamond, um, for our listeners, you know, this your previews book always has the Diamond Code, and that's where you're supposed to let y'all know, okay, hey, this is the book I want, this is the book I want, and mm-hmm. that's... The process you go through. Uh, I mean, I know it's way more complicated than that. And it is, but yeah, whenever you stuff. see like previews, previews world, and and those type of websites, that's all owned by Diamonds, Diamond Comics Distribution, which is solely solely meant to distribute uh, uh, product to multiple retailers, all independently owned. Um, uh, it, it, it's a big process. I, you know, it, there used to be a lot of different distributors regionally around the country that would do the same thing, um, and then it all got condensed into a single uh, distribution model in the 90s after a whole other 
thing that we could talk about some other time. No. 90s comics is a whole series mm-hmm. all on its own. It, it always <laughs> is, yeah. Uh, well, so then we had the, the COVID-19 outbreak, the pandemic, yeah. uh, stay-at-home orders, businesses shutting down, essential, non-essential. And this was a time where... On, on my side of the counter, mm-hmm. um, for those of y'all listening, we're going to talk about sides of the counter. When I mentioned my side of the counter, it's as the fan coming in, uh, the customer. And Robert's side of the counter is as the business owner, the decision maker, and the important person. But that was, I don't know if it's people had more time on their hands or stuff like that, but really the problems of having a monopoly started to kind of shine through, I think, to more than just people on your side, you know. And the publishers, Marvel, DC, you're big too. Because at the end of the day, as much as we love indie comics, Marvel and DC are the ones that keep the lights on. Yeah, well, and they're kind of the the tastemakers, so to speak, for for the industry as a whole. I mean, when you you have such a a large market share, so to speak, they're going to... They're going to at least help uh, uh, point a direction of how the market goes, uh, sales and, and, and whatnot. So, yeah, they're not the most important, but they, they definitely are the ones that are going to dictate uh, the terms. So as pandemic went on, uh, well, your store here, you were doing some really cool stuff. You were doing curbside and delivery and shipping and stuff like that. That way your customers, you know, we could still get. Our books, even though there was there was a time when there weren't new books coming out, uh, but you were still getting, you know, people were wanting to get back issues or trades. We did a really fun video series talking about a lot of those. Uh, and so I just want to take a second to say one thank you for that. <laughs> that was awesome and a lot of fun. But also, you know, when it came to that decision of, okay, I want to keep going, but there's all these hoops I have to go through, I guess. I I can give you a quick rundown of kind of how, how it it happened and and what, how I saw it from my side. So it started when, um, you know, a lot of retailers will kind of communicate with one another online, uh, through social media channels. And we started to get reports from Washington state. And when Washington state started getting its first stay at home orders, um, we started to get reports from all of the stores around there talking about, oh my goodness, I have to shut the doors. What am I going to do? It kind of, they knew that there was a pandemic going on an epidemic was happening just right there on their back porches, but, uh, how to manage it from a retailer standpoint where you never really plan for that kind of thing. So we started to see it happen there. Then it trickled down to California and we start to hear more and more of that happening. Being in Texas, we're a little bit far removed from that. And uh, at least from Washington State and California and how they managed it at the time. But because a lot of us as retailers, we still kind of do the same thing. I saw that we saw a lot of us saw the writing on the wall. We saw it coming. Um, And still through their eyes as it's happening and hearing their reports of how it's happening and what they're having to deal with. We didn't know what it was going to look like here. So we kind of prepped and planned for it a little bit. And initially, when we were getting new books, remember, we were still um, kind of trying to prepare the 
the public, we were still asking them to be sanitary and be careful when they came in the store. And we were wiping down in the store a little bit more frequently and doing all the things that were the CDC were starting to make their recommendations. And you started to see this stuff happen state by state, day by day. And then uh, before Texas got its stay-at-home order, we got notification from Diamond, the single distribution company, that because of, so they're, they're in Baltimore, Maryland, their main headquarters, and they have warehouses in New York City, which is the warehouse that warehouses us, and they have a warehouse in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And New York City got its shutdown orders. And the day New York City got its shutdown orders, 24 hours later, uh, out of Baltimore, Maryland, the main headquarters of Diamond Comics, they essentially said, because of problems at the printers, because we have a, an entire warehouse that is shut down and we have workers that can't actually get to the warehouse, we are going to cease distribution of all comics effective immediately. And that was like a massive, massive bombshell. Um, just the fact that they were coming to a complete stop. Now, I am positive, not being in that boardroom, not having those discussions with various publishers, that they were discussing this with the publisher publishers before they even announced it to us. But that had to be a very difficult decision for them and everybody else. However, I guarantee you that the publishers, big and small, some might have said, yeah, we understand it's terrible. This is going to be a huge financial hit. We don't know how we're going to manage this. Um, others may have been how, you know, uh, the thought process may have been how and why. I mean, you're telling us we can't, now we cannot distribute our product to you know, the, the markets that we need to get them into right now, because not every state was shut down. So now I'm going, I'm going a little side tangent, so I'll get off of that just a little bit, but, um, it was, it was a huge bombshell. And then obviously, as we know, every state kind of rolled through their own stay at home orders. We tried very hard to just stay open, stay relevant. We understand how entertainment works. We realize that that's what we sell. We sell entertainment. A lot of people were stuck at home. A lot of people wanted to be entertained. A lot of people, their lives were disrupted and they had certain interruptions, whether it was their kids had to stay at home at school, they were getting tired of Netflix, they were, you know, they couldn't find puzzles to buy, all the things that were going on at the time. We knew that that we were still hoping to be available to provide material for them to read, uh, things for them to do, videos for them to watch. Um, it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of uh, effort and we were not the only ones. So many people did that type of thing to make their small business, you know, make it uh, relevant for one, but also, I mean, it's how I make money. It's, it's how I make a living. Um, I needed to at least do my, do what I could, what I was allowed to do, um, to, to at least try to, to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like you said, I, I was super grateful because yes, I got to get out of the house, drive up, go to the parking lot, <laughs> wait on my comics and stuff. So it was, it was that alone was worth the experience. But during this time, you had another big bombshell. You know, we talked about that first bombshell, yeah. which, yeah, there, that was a yeah, lose-lose. There, there's no right it, call there. It was. There really wasn't a right call. You're right. You know, either you're putting people in harm's way or you're not putting comics. I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot. But then we had the announcement of DC saying, hey, our books are coming, but they're not coming through Diamond. Yeah. Uh, and that, 
was I think I think the the shock there wasn't that the books were coming is that they weren't coming through Diamond. Yeah, so about two weeks into the shutdown, we started getting surveys, uh, email surveys from DC Comics specifically. We were getting phone calls from Marvel, a few emails, and a few social media posts from some of the independent labels, uh, and we got some email surveys from DC. And everybody was asking the same question: Are you you know can you receive comics? Can you receive shipments? Because everybody's situation, depending upon their city and depending upon their state, was very different. Some shops just flat out could not receive books, period. Um, all, sh- I mean, freight was being refused. It depended upon what state and what city they were in. UPS and FedEx were going through huge bottlenecks where you've got, you know, thousands of pounds of, of merchandise trying to go to non-essential businesses and they're being turned away at huge hub centers and having to be sent back. That's a huge freight cost for not only them, but for distri- you know distribution channels like Diamond, um, who get paid by us on anywhere from a 7 to 28 day basis. So they have a cash flow problem that's not coming in, which in turn means they can't pay their vendors i.e. they can't pay Image, they can't pay Dark Horse, they can't pay DC, they can't pay Marvel. Um, So we're getting communication from all the publishers asking us these questions. Hey, are you in an area where you can receive comics? Hey, can you receive shipment? What kind of services are you offering? You know, all the check boxes. Uh, Curbside, mail order, delivery, uh, you can let people in the store. All the different options that everybody had to answer. DC was done in a, in a survey style, and a week after that, we got a notification um, by email that they were going to uh, start sending comics out through these two new distributors. And that came out in a morning email, I remember that, because immediately it told you which ones to sign up for based on which diamond warehouse you had. So if you had the New York Diamond Warehouse, they said to use this one company. If you use the Olive Branch Mississippi Warehouse, they said to use this other company. So it looked on paper to be like some small sub-channel that DC had kind of developed as a temporary model. That is really what it looked like to me on paper. Um, so that, that, that kind of started that off. Um, I can follow up from there, but... Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> no, it does. And then a- after that, they did something that I have my opinions about, uh, and I'm sure you do too, where we they moved New Comic Book Day to Tuesday. So the discussion for the Tuesday came around that time. We're, we're going to say maybe about a seven to eight day time frame where we get the announcement that they're going to start distributing. They understand at that time, and that's why it looked like such a temporary model, because it came out as an announcement, you know, and I could read the emails and maybe I remember it incorrectly, but it seemed like this messaging of, we understand that some of you can't receive them, but for those of you that can, here's an option for you. And those of you that don't have that option, you can't receive books, don't worry, Diamond will still be able to supply you the books that are going to come out during this time frame. You're just going to have to wait until Diamond reopens. And Diamond at that time hadn't announced the date. Turns out, in hindsight, the date was May 20th, but they hadn't announced that date yet. So it looked, it really did look 
like a temporary solution. Hey, this is here to service those of you that need these books to stay afloat right now. Because in hard, hard shutdown states, some of those shops were able to supplement income with grants and a lot of payment deferrals and things like that because honestly their states their cities were completely shut down so they really had no alternative some of us that weren't in those type of full shutdown situations didn't have the benefit of payment deferrals and things of that nature because uh, bill collectors and landlords although being understanding and being affected by it at the same at the same time may not have had that extreme shutdown so we still needed a cash flow of some sort um, that was that that's kind of the guise that it was given under is that we're here to offer this for those of you that are able that are able to sell and be open but also need us to supply something to you at the during these times so they come in kind of looking like a shining knight like your your knight in a little, shining armor like a oh no bit. this is for you that a way little you bit. can do that i would say the shine lasted for about 30 minutes until everybody uh, did some very quick Googling and found out the names of the distributors and who they were associated with. So during this time, you know, we're talking a lot about DC. Marvel was almost uncharacteristically quiet they during all this. They were completely silent. We all got phone calls from them eventually. Um, what it sounded to me like on our particular phone call, it just sounded like they uh, paid phone service, like they had hired, uh, uh, you know, a third party to kind of do a, a questionnaire for particular accounts. I was reading accounts of other stores saying, I yelled at them and I did this and all, you know, just weird things. We were, you know, obviously it was stressful time and still is, but um, mine just sounded like somebody reading off of a questionnaire. Same deal as that DC survey, just instead of it being an email, it was on, it was on a phone call. But other than that, just a survey, what's your situation? Are you able to receive books? Uh, what kind of services are you offering? Is this a good contact number for you? Very generic. They were extremely quiet. We did not hear a lot of like, these are our plans. These are our plans to make plans. These are the plans that we're going to plan to plan. Nothing. Not, not a word. Yeah, and that's... There's something to be said about that, I guess, you know, when yeah. let your direct competitor either f fly or fail and kind of build off of that. And eventually they, they did, you know, Marvel implemented an interesting strategy, I think, uh, for the reacclimation of comics in shops. And it was the comics trades, comics trades. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. So when they finally released what their uh, when they finally talked about what their release schedule was going to look like starting on May 20th, they uh, were going to launch out with five titles, five strong titles: Venom, Amazing Spider-Man, and Avengers, but just five comics. And then the following week was going to be trade paperbacks and hardcovers. Then the following week would be comics. So they decided to alternate between comic books and then their books and trades for approximately seven to eight weeks. Um, we get to a full Marvel release schedule starting on July 15th. We are still not on a full Marvel re release schedule yet. We're still alternating. Um, part of that, it has to do with the printing process. So bound and glued uh, graphic novels and hardcovers, uh, the pages are printed in a different process and in sometimes different printers 
and the binding process takes a little bit longer. So a lot of that stuff may have already been at play at the printers. There was no delaying it, no halting it, no telling them, hey, wait a minute, we're going to push this back. It had probably already gone into production or was in pre-production. It was at a stage where they couldn't stop it. So they needed those graphic novels and those hardcovers to go ahead and hit the market. Plus they needed those out in the market um, for your anything that has an ISBN number on it, which is going to be a solid book. They needed it to get out into those larger markets that they sell in, whether it's online, physical, also the library market. Um, that being said, they at least waited until May 20th. DC, on the other hand, now, I'm not going to say anything bad because Boom also Boom uh, did the same thing. Uh, I think IDW also did the same thing because they go through book publishers for their graphic novels and their hardcovers. Uh, they all do. But uh, DC, IDW, and Boom heavily rely on uh, book distributors for those uh, things. Dark Horse as well. And they did not halt during the, the major shutdown. So even though Diamond couldn't receive and or distribute that material, uh, the book distributors still could. So you were still getting new, not a lot, but you were still getting new material um, in graphic novel and hardcover format from all the other publishers except for Marvel. Marvel actually did a full shutdown of everything. And as it's gone on, you know, we've seen more and more with it. Now Marvel is very vocal about things. Uh, they recently just announced their variant, um, variant covers aren't anything new, but those new just simple text variant covers that say Wednesday is new comic book day. <laughs> Have you yeah. seen those? I, I did. I saw a little bit about that. Um, some of the marketing for all of the major publishers, uh, the marketing for Marvel during this time period has very much been targeted at the end user, the consumer, the customer, the fan. Um, the DC marketing has, at this time, I think by default, I don't think it's by design, has been targeted at the other side of the counter, as you put it before. It's been targeted at us because it has to do with the distribution and the infrastructure of how this market works. So Marvel has had the added benefit where they get to kind of just talk to you, the consumer, and go, look at what we're doing. This is the product we're talking about. Um, it's probably ultimately the better strategy, but they're also not trying to completely change uh, the distribution model uh, like uh, DC is. Well, and with that change, so... We've, we've seen, as of this recording, like today, I believe that Diamond is still kind of helping DC with overseas clients and things like that. Um, but going forward, do you think there's going to be either one, other publishers jumping from Diamond, or two, other distributors besides these other two that have already popped up? popping up more you know more distributors popping up more options so this is pure speculation on my part okay i have no insider information whatsoever i am told nothing uh i as as a retailer on this side of the counter we get information the exact same time that you guys get it um there is has never been a channel where we are privy to uh, anything uh aside from what they release as a complete p you know press release to everyone uh, that being said, so let's 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 rewind just a tiny bit 
and go back to the DC announcement saying that they were going to find the alternate channel. And I told you that it felt very temporary at the time. The second bombshell, that was a bombshell. The second bombshell that came from them during about a three to four week period, everybody was under the impression, and this impression was given to them uh, by design, that not only did we have these new alternate channels, we were also assured those alternate channels were here to stay. So that was first and foremost, because it felt so temporary, they felt the need to say, no, these are permanent channels. But Diamond will still also be a permanent channel. Now you will have your choice. The second bombshell was when they announced that they were no longer going to be doing U.S. distribution with Diamond, period. And they gave us two weeks to change. <laughs> That's not even an order cycle. That's yeah, not... it wasn't even an order cycle. You are correct. But it wasn't an order cycle because we had had two months of non-monthly orders. So they could play catch up at the time. But that was a big bombshell um, that we did not have that diamond option that we've always had. And there's... You know, there's everything from how our point of sale systems work, how our order systems work, how our pull systems work with our customers that are really, really rooted in Diamond and have been rooted in Diamond for not just years, but decades. To have that one, the number two publisher in all of the product that we sell, yank that away was was quite a gut punch. Um, and if I voluntarily said, I'm going to go with your new uh, distribution model, cool. Uh, but they did not even include the option that we thought would exist before. Now, to answer your question, do I think that anybody else is going to do that? I don't foresee anybody doing it intentionally. Um, I see that Diamond is still a very viable resource for them. Um but I do see through, let's go back to one of your examples. It, it came up in the forefront of your mind, uh, TKO, who has not used a distribution model yet and did a really, really cool thing during all of this where if you bought something through their website and named your, your local comic shop, they would actually give us a proceeds of the sale that went directly to you, the consumer. Um, that was such a, a really cool thing for them to do and and really show how vital and important they felt your the local comic shop and the local comic shop experience is to the to the the success of comics in general uh, but i don't know i don't see a lot of them necessarily jumping over to the new distributors um, i see the new distributors they're going to have to go through a testing phase we'll see how they do because um, they just got thrown from a couple hundred accounts to a couple thousand accounts in two weeks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, with, and I hope this doesn't happen, but what if, just for fun. Oh, okay. For what fun. if. Just for fun. Just for fun. Okay. What if at, once we're in full release, full everything, you know, everything's the new normal or whatever people are calling it. Mm-hmm. And things don't go well because I, I know not not you but other people online they talk about oh I got my books three days after this guy I got my books 
a week before this guy. My, yeah. Half my books are damaged. So, I mean, yeah. there's that learning curve. And it's a, as you mentioned, it's a steep learning curve that they're being thrown in. They're being thrown into the deep end. Yeah. Well, they kind of threw themselves into the deep end, I, I feel like, it, if you're using that analogy. Sure. But what happens if they sink and don't swim? Well, this is only for fun. Pure, um, pure fun. Yeah, this is pure fun. Um, I don't know what the end game is for the distribution model on the, the, the DC end. Um, it seemed to be looking how it's put together. And I don't necessarily have the doom and gloom model or the idea that it, it just absolutely couldn't happen. But I think that DC is probably exploring some direct-to-consumer options. Um, they are owned by a media, a giant media, digital media conglomerate at the moment. Who hates them. Um, who wants, yeah, <laughs> who wants to know why they're still doing what they do because it just doesn't, on paper, it doesn't look like they're very profitable. Um, I see them really exploring a lot of direct-to-consumer options. So, uh, just for fun, is it by design that it's meant to fail? I don't think so, but if it does, I don't see them um, backtracking and going, well, I guess it didn't work. I guess we need to find out what our other distribution ideas are. I see a possibility where the direct-to-consumer model jumps in, and how do we either get the physical medium into the consumer hands uh, direct and circumvent this whole wholesale distribution model, or how do we how do we convince them that digital media is the way to go? And I'm glad you brought up the that that dirty D word. Um, <laughs> longtime listeners, you know this, but if you're new, I'm not a big digital. Pro I have digital comics and stuff, but I'm old fashioned. I like it in hand. With all of this, DC has been pretty upfront with hey digital 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 i've seen them pushing a lot not only digital first ranking up those titles yeah but it's not just them so one thing that i've always liked about marvel is you pay that four dollar cover price and you get a free digital code well marvel and i will get angry about this so i gotta watch but they moved a lot of their titles to digital including like the final issue of their uh, Hawkeye series, the final issue of Ghost Rider, like they're not having physical copies of the complete series. And McFarland has a whole thing about this that people can go and read about, but not necessarily how do you feel about digital, but this whole, and not even digital first, because we you can go back and listen to other shows we've done together and hear that, but this moving titles to digital exclusives in, including ones that are already out like i have the first five issues of this and mm. now i either have to have the digital copy or wait for the trade to come out like yeah. I, I, personally i hate that um so here's here's my take at least on the marvel side uh because the supply chain i mean everybody Hopefully they've read articles about supply chains or they've seen people talk about supply chains and not just in comics, in food and other industries and understanding 
what's going on with pricing and how things are getting to the end consumer and how this whole pandemic starting in March and going all the way into June currently has affected all of that. Um, comics and printing are probably no different. And my guess is that with all of that printing schedule getting pushed back, that means that those printers can't just had had to postpone their printing jobs. They had to postpone all printing jobs. So there's probably a priority on printing jobs to get things out by a certain time frame. And I think that maybe some things just got sacrificed. Mm -hmm. It was just like, we would have to wait too long to put this in the queue to get it out there. And by the time we did, our loss in sales would be so much, we would lose money. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So let's say... The image business model. Well, well, let's say we're talking that part, you know, the part five of the of the five part series that you were waiting on. Its numbers may not justify it getting pushed in the queue in a time frame to get it to you. So you get the final part of that story that you read number four back in January, maybe February. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Because you didn't get your March issue. Um, But it has to be pushed back in the queue so far. And the numbers, the sales numbers on number four and the pre-order numbers on number five may not have been enough that they feel that it can jump this book project, this omnibus project, this hardcover project, and then these two dozen books that they still need to get caught up on. So they very well may have just taken it out of the queue, essentially, and said, look, it was done. It was ready to go to print. We've got it ready, but it's going to lose momentum. So let's cut it off at the, at, the, at the knees or at the ankles and get the trade paper back out uh, because then that gets that ISBN number on it, that gets it out into the larger markets, that gets it into libraries, etc. I think that's where the Marvel model was. I don't think that it was a push to digital. I don't think that it was a disdain for those titles, those creators, or those fans. And I know it stinks. I really do. Um, I feel bad for the readers of all of those books because it does put them in a precarious situation that they've already invested a certain amount of money and now they have to almost double their investment just to read the final chapter of a book. Well, it puts you in a bad spot too because one of the things, uh, if you go back and watch some of the videos we did, you have already ready bundles. Yes, It's a whole story arc. Well, you'll never have the whole story arc for the... The Hawkeye yeah, or exactly. Cosmic, you know, and I think that 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 I have a big problem with also. I do. And I understand that. I do think that the queue, but on on top of that, let's say that they kept it in the queue and let's say they were willing to take a loss on that on that print, uh, that print amount. When would the when would the part five of the four part series come out? November, yeah. December. I mean, a full you know, two quarters. Uh, I I just, I think that they made a financial decision that although stinks for the fan and stinks for the the consumer, the customer, it stinks for me. um, I think that it was one of those decisions they had to make to make sure that some other more profitable and better sales figure books got to the printer in a decent amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. It just, there's been books, you know, that they've had no problem winning years on before. True, very true. But speaking of the more profitable books, bigger books, both of the events we had this summer, the 
Death Metal and Empire, mm-hmm. yeah. they've been hit, and especially with what Marvel's doing with Empire, they've dropped some titles, gone digital only with some titles, yeah. which how, <laughs> you know, we've seen kind of how the movie industry and their summer block, blockbuster has been affected by all this. How do you see this affecting the big crossover events, um, not only this year, but possibly going forward? Well... I, I think the ideally people want to see the big comeback for comics. They want to see the customers coming back in the door. Remember, as we are talking right now uh, in, in early to mid-June, there are still places around the country that are completely shut down. There are still shops around the country that cannot receive shipments. Um, there are less of them now than there were a month ago, but they are still out there. So we would all like to see when we can open our doors and have full customers coming in everybody i think the idea you know the pie in the sky idea is that we want to see these blockbuster events do great we want to see uh, the crossovers reign supreme because that's that's more people in the door and more excitement and, and it i think maybe that rush to normal that rush to feeling like oh everything's okay but the reality is let's take the pandemic out of it We've always needed to trim down the titles. We've always needed to be a little bit more careful on how and what we supply as far as the big crossover events go, because not all of it is essential, and it does cost money, and we want people to always feel that they've received uh, a bang for their buck, so to speak. Um, So death metal will happen, and empire will happen, and I think maybe a trimmed down version of both might actually be a better like kind of a blockbuster experience for the consumer than a big bloated oh my goodness how many you know how many different crossovers are part of this trust me there are still going to be plenty <laughs> of crossovers involved in both of them I mean, even joker war has yeah like 12 exactly there should probably be less so the bloat still exists but uh, trimming it down is probably just in the better interest in the, of the market as a whole, not just the pandemic market. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, on that, Robert, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, always oh, sure. a pleasure. Hopefully, it won't take a pandemic to get you back on the show. No, you can <laughs> any, any time. But uh, for those of you listening, make sure to find Star Comics, Star Comics LBK on Twitter, uh, Star Comics on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere out there. Lots of good stuff, and if you're listening to this and you check them out, you see something you want, hit them up. They'll they'll ship you a book. They'll get you taken care of. It, yeah, it'll definitely. be good. So, well, awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Robert, and until next time. All right, thank you, Lance.